I want you to think of, and this is like a, a discussion time here, think of something that you had to replace, something that, that you had to get rid of and get something new or better or whatever in its place. Somebody shout something out. Your phone, right? That's one that is obviously very common. Our phones, we replace those about once every year or two. What would you say, Draven? Car speakers, okay. Bigger, better, louder, I'm assuming, right? You just, you know. All right, I said you want it bigger, better, louder, I'm assuming. Oh, they just went bad or whatever? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay, truck speakers went bad, had to replace those. Something else. What's something else? Clothes and shoes, right? Clothes and shoes you got to buy. How many of you guys get new clothes or you go, go shopping for some new clothes at the beginning of every school year, right? Some of y'all. I never I never did. Um, but... So, uh, yeah, yeah, and when you're growing, you kind of have to. Like, hey, look, my, my pants only go to here now. So, yeah, you have to replace, right? As you grow, you have to get new clothes. Okay, yeah. So you have to replace technology, clothes, those kind of things you replace pretty regularly. Well, tonight we're going to talk about things getting replaced. We're going to start off uh, in Ephesians 4.31. Ephesians 4.31 says this. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Now, in order to get rid of something, what do you have to do first? Just before you decide to get rid of it, what do you? You have to have it, right? Yeah. Before you can get rid of it, you have to have it. You can't get rid of something you don't already have. And so, so Paul here is writing to the uh, to the church at to the churches at Ephesus, and he says, "Okay," he says, "Get rid of all this stuff, all this junk," and and you know, it talks about uh, bitterness and rage and all that stuff. Now. Now, Paul is assuming, and he knows that these people already have it, okay? You, like, he's like, you guys are bitter, you're angry, you got, you're saying all this mean junk to one another, like, get rid of all that stuff. And, you know, we sometimes think, well, well I don't have that. Yes, yes, you do. You do. We're, we're all born like that. We're born sinners, okay? I know, I hate to break it to you. That's like, nobody wants to hear. You'll suck, but we all kind of do. Um, and so we're all born with a sinful nature, and, you know, sometimes people, especially in today's world, especially with this kind of stuff with, like, anger issues, they say, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's just how we are. It's just how my family is, right? You've known somebody who said, that. well, my grandfather was angry and my dad's angry and so it's just the way I am. And that's true. Anger does run in our humanly line, but that doesn't actually make it right. Like, sometimes things that, that we're born with aren't, doesn't make them okay. We're not, you know, you're not supposed to have that. And so... That's the sinful condition, and so that's the way after Adam and Eve sin, we're all born like that. We're all born with anger, and so just because it runs in your family, quote-unquote, or it runs in a human line, does not make it right, okay? The, Jeremiah 17.9 actually says that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked so not just like kind of bad like he the heart likes to cause mischief a little bit you know no desperately wicked okay and and uh i lost the rest of the verse where it goes oh who really knows how bad it is so even the guys who wrote the stinking bible are like yeah i don't know there doesn't seem to be a limit to the badness like it seems to be unlimited badness and if you look around you see that right like you know people or you know we, we you watch the news you know that the human heart is pretty evil in the show, in, in Once Upon a Time, yeah, the, the more they have a really red heart. 
And the more evil they do, the more black it comes, you know. But that's not, but we're born with the black. Like, that's how we're created with it, with an evil, bitter heart. And the Bible tells us that. And in the video, that's Tinkerbell, man. She's talking Regina. She's bitter, right? This event that they're talking about had happened years and before in a whole different realm and all this stuff. And she is still angry. In fact, she still remembers the details. She's like, I've been running it over and over and over in my head. And I can't figure out what, you know, the only thing that would happen is that you didn't go in that door. Have you ever had a situation like that where you're just running something that happened, you run it back over and over and over? You're like, how could I have handled that better? What could I have done differently to make the end of that not suck so bad, right? We have to, we do that sometimes. And so that was Tinkerbell in that she was in this state of running things in her mind over and over. She's bitter. She's angry. I mean, she's ready to kill Regina. She's got the, the arrow to her throat. She's like, dude, Seriously, I'm still mad about this thing from years and years and years and years ago. So we're born with all this rage and this anger, and Tinkerbell is demonstrating that. She's kind of our object lesson for today, is Tinkerbell has all this rage and this angerness and bitter. But let's go to the next verse. Ephesians 4.32 says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So we talked about replacing things, right? We have the anger and the bitterness. That's, that comes in grain. That's, on, you know, that, that's system-installed heart software. So we have to get rid of that. We have to say, okay, you know what? I have all the bitter and the anger. Got to get rid of that. And instead, we're going to replace it with being kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Now, this is not natural, and I, I use the illustration all the time, but it's so true. You watch little kids they are the truest people, right, because they don't have any filter. They are not tenderhearted most of the time, right? Like one of them looks wrong at the other one. The other one's crying now. Somebody bit somebody, right? Like little kids. This is why I'm not in children's ministry because um, I, can't, I can't roll like that. But I'll just kick, kick a kid, and then I show my evil side is bad. So, so, so we have this thing where it's like, okay, we want to replace that evil nature with kindness and tender hearts. And, and, and naturally, we look out for ourselves, right? Me first. That's what the world teaches us, to, to, to look out for number one and do what's right for you. And you do you, man. You know, you've heard that saying. And, and, and that's not real. We're supposed to look out for other people. That's what tender hearted is. You know, something that's tender can be easily hurt. Right? Like if you got calluses, like guitar players, we got calluses on our fingers. Man, you could stick my, 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 my pinky with a, with a pen, I wouldn't hardly feel it. Like, because I got calluses there. It's not soft, but like, well, no, my toes, I walk barefoot, so my toes are pretty callous too. Um, but like, you know, other, other places on the skin that don't have calluses, they're very tender. So tender hearted means, you know what? You got to allow yourself to be hurt sometimes. And, and so, then it talks about, though, it talks about kind to each other, tenderhearted, and then it talks about forgiving one another, and that's the hard one. All right, that's the hard one. We're going to kind of hang out here on forgiveness for a little while tonight. Um, and we're going to first off ask the question, what does forgiveness look like? Like, what does it mean to forgive? 1 Corinthians 13 talks about this. Um, um, the first thing that forgiveness is, and, and I don't have this, actually I think I do have this on the notes if you want to look there, but the first thing is that forgiveness means they don't owe me anything anymore. So for example, say, Ashton, let's, let's imagine a situation. I know this would never ever happen in your house. This would never happen. But let's imagine Kaysen took 10 bucks out of your wallet. Okay, her little brother is Kaysen. He's what, nine, eight, nine, okay. 
10. He's 10. Okay. So Kaysen is 10. Let's imagine that Kaysen took $10 out of your wallet. Okay. Now forgiveness, if you say, you know what, Kaysen, it's okay. I forgive you. What that means is I'm not expecting repayment on that. Now, if he wants to repay you, you're not going to turn it down. Like, you know, it's not saying that. But, you know, forgiveness means, you know what, don't worry about it. I've forgiven that debt. Okay, all through the Bible there are situations where people are forgiving debt, and basically it means you don't owe me that thing anymore. Okay? And so, and that's an obvious one with money. But what kind of payments do we expect when we get wrong, when somebody does something to us that hurts us or hurts our emotions or whatever, what kind of payment do we expect? You expect an apology sometimes. Yeah, that's the obvious one, right? You just, so I just want you to say, I'm sorry, man. That's all. Yeah? Sometimes you've got to earn your forgiveness, sure. You know, we might expect them, especially if it's like a relationship, like say your boyfriend or your girlfriend does something to make you mad. Well, now we got to go on two. You better pay for two, the next two dates and not just one, right? We might expect extra time or extra effort, right? You know, and sometimes we say, you know what? I'm not going to forgive you unless you do this. Right? Like, listen, I'll tell you what. You check off these boxes and I'll forgive this. I'll tell you what, guys, that's not forgiveness. That's bribery. Okay? That's, that's not the same thing. All right? That's not forgiveness because then you're still angry about it. Okay? So forgiveness means they don't owe me anything anymore. Here's the second thing. Forgiveness forgets. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love holds no records of wrongs. Okay? That's one of the running jokes in comedians and TV shows. They always talk about how 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 a woman will bring up something that a man did 10 years ago, right, in an argument, okay? You may have seen that in your own families or whatever. Um, but keeping no record of wrong, what's that mean is it's not continually bringing up the past. You know, sometimes you be like, yeah, I forgave you, but then the next time you get in a fight, oh, that, that arrow's coming right out the quill. You know, you're about to get somebody with it because you didn't really forget. You didn't really forgive. You say, you know what, I've still got that in my back pocket. I'm going to pull out that trump card whenever I need it. That is not true forgiveness, guys. Yes, ma'am. Like in a diary? Oh, yeah, like if you, like, literally kept a record, like, oh, he said this today. I'm going to write it down. I'm, you know, and next time we get in a fight, I'm going to be like, you know, check this out. You said that one time, and I haven't forgotten it. Yeah, that's not forgiveness, all right? Keeping a record of wrongs is not forgiveness. Now, here's a side note because I need to say this. Forgiveness does not mean putting yourself back in the situation to get hurt again. Okay? So if so, you know, if for example, if 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 Ashton leaves her purse, we'll go back to our, our, our original thing. If Ashton leaves her purse on the kitchen counter or her wallet, whatever, just go with it. And and Kaysen takes the ten dollars out of that out of that wallet. Next time, she might want to keep her wallet in the room, right? She's not going to put it back out there and say, here, do that again, okay? That's different. And so you can forgive without going, that's okay, you can do it again. You know, like, go ahead, get one more, one more, go, go for it. No, that's, you can forgive, you can stop requiring the debt, you can stop bringing it up without going, here, one more, give it to me again, you know, take it again. So, so keep that in mind. Like when I say I want you to, when the Bible tells you to forgive, it's not saying just Allow yourself to, you know, you can, you can protect yourself from those things. You know, and when somebody hurts your feelings, sometimes that means, you know what, our relationship has changed and it's going to take some time to earn that trust back. Or what, and some of y'all have been there and done that. But so, so, so realize that. I'm not saying you need to allow that to happen again. It just means 
you don't keep bring it up and you don't uh, and you don't make them repay it so so we talked about what forgiveness is now the question then becomes okay so who do we have to forgive who do we have to forgive well the first group of people that we have to forgive is people right all of them unfortunately um <laughs> so, really because i think there's an exception to that rule no okay <laughs> we we there's the bible doesn't say you can forgive everybody except that one dude no it says forgive people as you have been forgiven okay we have to forgive everybody i want to show you guys a few things don't put it up just yet though there's this i, I found some websites that, and apps that are like these confession things how many of you guys seen these um, postsecret.com and Whisper and some of these kind of things where people post anonymous confessions. Okay, and I want you to read a few of these here. This first one here, this is, a, this is somebody says, I'm 25 years old. Today is the first day I began to love my mother. I forgive her. Think about that. That's 25 years of unforgiveness, of bitterness in somebody's heart. But this person said, you know what? I'm going to forgive her. And, and they're beginning to move on. Here's another one. Last week, after more than 10 years, I spoke to my dad. He asked for forgiveness, and I accepted. Suddenly, all the anger and sadness is gone, and I feel free. I feel free. I think in that one, that's kind of the key point because cause here's the problem. When we don't forgive others, we give them control. Right now, that person who I haven't forgiven has total control over my emotions, and the things that they say and the things that they do affect me, and they're going to affect my mood, and they're going to affect my attitude and the way I treat the people around me who didn't do anything wrong. So my, you know, my friend, my girlfriend, my whatever is going to be the victim, my family is going to be the victim of my bad attitude because this person has control over my emotions. But when we forgive, when we let that stuff go, all of a sudden, we got, you know, we're free. We don't, we're not under the control of that person again anymore. We forgive. We, when we don't forgive, we give someone else power over our emotions. And here's the second person we have to forgive. Here's the second person. Don't put it up yet. Don't put the next thing up. Okay. Um, we have to forgive ourselves. This one's kind of funny. No, go back to that one, the other one. This one's kind of, I mean, it's kind of small, small potatoes. It says, in first or second grade, I stole another girl's painting and gave it to my mom for Mother's Day because I hated mine. But this person who's writing this, I know that, that handwriting looks, but this is not a little kid who submitted this to this website. Like, they designed the thing. But, you know, this is probably a high schooler, a grown-up, who still is feeling guilt over something they did in first grade. Like, it's small. Like, I know, again, it seems small and funny, but, but that's not, you know, it's not that big a deal. Go to the next one. I wish I had been a better mother to my children. That's a grown-up, y'all. That's somebody with children who were probably grown up, too, based on the wording of it. That's a lifetime of hurt and guilt. That's a lifetime of hurt and guilt where somebody is saying, you know what, I, I have not gotten over this yet. I have not yet forgiven myself for this here's the third one i don't know how to forgive myself for making mistakes why is it okay for others to make mistakes but when i do i deserve to die and be alone forever you might have felt like that at some point you're like well everybody else gets forgiveness and, and you know and there's so many times where we are holding on to these things and we're like oh i did this that one time and you know and oftentimes in I know in my experience, that leads us to do that again because we're still thinking about that thing, you know? 
man, I can't believe I looked at that website. I know I shouldn't have, and now I've got that website on the brain. Man, I can't believe I said that to that person, but now I've got that on the brain. I might say it again. See, we have to forgive ourselves, and why? Because if your relationship with Jesus, he forgave you. Ephesians 4.32, the second half of it says, just as God through Christ has forgiven you, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So it's like, dude, Jesus forgave you. You should follow his lead, right? We want to be like Jesus. Jesus forgives people. We should forgive ourselves. Jesus forgave me. I should forgive me too. I should forgive me too. And sometimes that's the hardest one, I really think, depending on what kind of past you've got. Nobody may even know what kind of stuff you've done or what you think you've done or what, you know, but but that can be the worst one. It's like, you know, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. But Jesus, if you're in a relationship with him, you have been forgiven, and so it's time for you to forgive yourself. Wes, will you and Draven or somebody come over here and grab this table for me? I've got one more. I've got another illustration for you guys here. Okay, so check this out. This cup right here, this cup here, is unforgiveness. Okay? It's gross. It's not coffee, that's mud from outside. After all that rain we had this morning, it was pretty easy to find some mud. So um, that is muddy water. Not the blues artist, that's muddy water. And so, no, not chocolate. Don't, don't, don't drink that, that's gross. So this here is the unforgiveness. Now, we can, what do we talk first? We talked about get rid of it, right? So we dumped that stuff out. But look at that. There's a lot still in there. So we have to replace it with something else. There we go, getting it out. Okay, and you see we replace it with the good stuff. We're, you know, this represents Jesus. Okay, Jesus begins to wash us clean. He begins to wash away the unforgiveness. And we get filled up with him. We get covered in him. Okay? Yes, this is how I do dishes. Don't, don't drink out of, our, uh, out of our glasses. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but see, the more we let Jesus fill us up, the cleaner we get, and the easier it becomes to forgive. So you can't forgive, you can't really get rid of it without something replacing it. And so when you allow Jesus to replace the unforgiveness, all of a sudden, I mean, still don't drink that because that's whatever, but it looks a lot cleaner, doesn't it? All of a sudden, that's a heck of a lot cleaner once we let Jesus come in and replace all the junk and the unforgiveness with him. The choice is yours. So now we've, we've laid out the issue, right? The issue is unforgiveness and bitterness. And we've laid out the solution, the choice we have to make to, to allow Jesus to replace our unforgiveness and our bitterness with him. That person that you've been thinking about all night ever since I said forgiveness, that person that's been running through your mind, so I haven't quite forgiven them yet. Now's the opportunity to replace that with what Jesus wants for you. Clean, clean, just like that glass was. So I want you to close your eyes. 
And the question is, will you tonight, will you dump out the old and replace, let Jesus replace it with the good stuff? We talked earlier about replacing our out-of-date phones and our out-of-date clothes that don't fit anymore and those kind of things with the new upgraded version or whatever. And Jesus wants to do that. He says, you know, you've got this, this thing, this lump in your throat, that constant reminder. Jesus says, I want to replace it. If you're in a place tonight where you say, you know what, there's there's somebody on my mind. There's been something or somebody I've been thinking about all night long, this whole message. And you say, you know what, tonight's the night where I want to give that up. If that's you, just raise your hand up and put it back down. Nobody's looking around. Okay, see a few hands. See a few hands. You can put them right back down. That's okay. So here's what you do. You, you search after Jesus. You run after Him. You focus on Him because, you know, the Bible talks about when we focus on Him, all these trivial things fade away. All that other stuff just doesn't matter. And so whatever has happened in your life, whatever has gone on in your life, that you say, I need to forgive, I need to move on, I need to let Jesus take over, tonight's your opportunity to do that. And there's no magic formula. There's no magic prayer. It's just about you talking to God on your own and saying, Jesus, fill me with you and take that junk away. Jesus, the garbage man. So I'm going to pray over you guys. And and if that's you tonight, you say, you know what? Yeah, this is me. You just pray along with me. You don't have to repeat or anything like that. It's just about you talking to Jesus because he's listening. And you don't even have to talk out loud. You can you can just pray silently to yourself because he knows our thoughts. He knows our deeds. And so, so Jesus gets it. He hears you. So I want to pray over you guys. And uh, and, and, and then we'll, uh, we'll conclude tonight. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray tonight, Lord, for each and every person that's in this room. God, you know what the issues are. You know where the unforgiveness lies. You know what the who it is that hurt hurt them and you know who it is that said that thing or did that thing to break our hearts Lord and I pray tonight God that you would replace that hurt with your goodness Lord the the Bible talks over and over about how your love endures forever and so I pray tonight that that everlasting love would just wash over us Lord in waves God love us. You have plans for us. And we know that that uh, overtakes every every hurt, every person that, that broke us, Lord. And we pray tonight, God, that you would just come in and make us clean like that glass. God, that you would come in and make sure, God, that we are full of you. Lord, give these students uh, opportunities to seek after you, God. Lord, and God, let them make it a priority. Let them make it an important thing in their lives to seek after you and replace the hurt and the unforgiveness with you. God, that somebody down the road might see where they have forgiven and say, how can you do that? And then they in turn can can be pointed to you because it all comes back to Jesus. And so, God, I just pray over these students tonight. Lord, that, that you would wash them clean. You would wash their hearts. God, you know the hands that went up and the ones that should have but didn't. 
And Lord, tonight we just pray that you would have your way in each and every one of us in our hearts, God, that you would be glorified in our lives, God, and that everything we do and everything we say would go towards pointing people to you so that more people can come to know you, God. God, we love you and we thank you. That's your name we pray.